92.5 FM WVNN. We are the News Talk Giant from North Alabama. Hey, listen, this is Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. That's the name of the show, and we like to say that we are solid, conservative, and, and just plain right. Hey, I thank you for being on with us this whole time. I know some of you guys have been listening to the entire show. I'm getting text messages, emails. People are calling in. I am loving the audience response on this show. And, and before I go any further, though, i got to tell all my folks out there in the listening audience about Otter Creek Farm. I'm going to keep hammering this because some of y'all need to go check this out. Otter Creek Farm at ottercreekfarmstead.com. You can find them. Among the other things you can do there, it's also uh, an amazing wedding venue. I mean, manicured hundreds of acres. They've got overnight accommodations. They've got beautiful uh, 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 meals that they'll fix with culinary uh, skilled skilled chefs. And and truth be told, they'll handle everything for you. All your wedding planning services, food and beverage. Check them out at ottercreekfarmstead.com. Well, listen, it has been a full show, and we're down to the last half hour, and we're going to spend that time with Congressman Mo Brooks, who has been uh, a warrior for fiscal policy, uh, and he has uh, done a lot for the community. Uh, He has served since 2011, uh, I believe, in his current office in Congress. Um, And and, and listen, i got to tell you, he's also a graduate of my alma mater, Grissom High School, and went on and got his uh, political science and economics degree with honors from Duke, a law degree from the University of Alabama, spent time as a prosecutor and a litigator. Elected to Congress, like I said, in 2011, he's ranked consistently as one of the most conservative members of Congress. Congressman Brooks, thanks for being on the show. It's Phil Williams. My pleasure, Phil. Did not know you were a Grissom grad. What year? That was the class of 83 for me. Am I, what, about 10 years ago? Oh, you're a young guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Tylenol is my friend, so I don't feel that young. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, so, so you and I both went to the old Grissom High School. Um, yeah, that, yeah. The new Grissom apparently is, is quite, quite different. Uh, you and I went to the one that had no windows. That is correct. Um, I really like that school. I wish they hadn't torn it down, but you know, that's what they decided to do. Not my call. Yeah. Not, not, not either one of our calls. I had a lot of memories there and, uh, and, and was, was blessed by being there, but Hey, um, listen, I got a, I got a theory that I'm going to throw out to, before we start talking about your run for the U S Senate, which I want to hear a lot about. I have a theory, uh, that, um, Eric Swalwell got beat up a lot as a kid. That's my theory. Do, do you, do you agree? Is that, is that fair to say? I don't know what his historical <laughs> issues are <laughs> and whatever I say will probably be used in a court of law at some point, but he does have issues. Uh, fair to say. Um, well, listen, Congressman, you, you're wanting to run for the U.S. Senate. What in God's name? I mean, why, why, why would you want? I would say you have a safe seat right now in Congress, and a lot of times that's considered to be a valuable commodity. But you've chosen to put your neck out there and run for a statewide office for U.S. Senate. Just give me the, give me the, the pitch here. Why, why do you want to do this? Well, in my judgment, because my country needs me to. Simple as that. Um, we've got major challenges. We don't have enough conservatives in the United States Senate, too many go-along, get-along types that aren't willing to fight for our country for the principles that made us the greatest nation in world history. I'm in the House Freedom Caucus, uh, one of the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus, and we need more conservatives than we have. I, I can count the conservatives in the United States Senate on two hands at most. It might only be one hand. And yeah. It's not right. That we have so many moderates, so many dead countries, so many people who are tax and spend, so many people who are unwilling to protect our borders, just go on down the list. 
Yeah, and, and, and I would tend to agree with that. And, and my recollection, too, is that you have also um, ranked very high uh, on Club for Growth's uh, scorecard. And we've been talking a lot about scorecarding this week because the Alabama Policy Institute, where I'm also affiliated, came out with our, our state legislative scorecard this year. And Club for Growth uh, uh, President uh, David McIntosh was on the show with me Monday. Um, and, and I believe he affirmed that you're one of their typical uh, highest scoring uh, members of our U.S. delegation. Well, not as high as some, but higher than the vast majority of United States congressmen. I'm pleased to receive Club for Growth's endorsement. Uh, they will help not only with the endorsement and the imagery that they have. They're for free enterprise, but they're against deficit spending. Okay, those are two big issues. I'm for free enterprise because that's based on liberty and freedom, and I am scared to death of this huge debt that America has built up and the growing risk of a national insolvency and bankruptcy that would do great damage. Hey, Congressman, I think we're losing your signal. Hey, Congressman, I think we're losing your signal. Can you can you hear me okay? Because uh, I don't want to lose this interview. Um, uh, it, it, we're having trouble hearing you right now. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Oh, man, that just got better. I'm not sure what just happened, but, uh, yeah, your signal just improved. Um, well, it's probably big tech. It, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that because last week or, yeah, it was last week, I, I, was, I was guest hosting for another show on this channel, sort of promoting the fact that I was going to have my own show this week. And daggum, if uh, uh, my Internet provider didn't have an uh, area-wide outage in the middle of me doing the show. Um, so that uh, I, I, I chose to blame it on big tech. But um, listen, there, there's a huge amount of polarization in D.C., and you are at the forefront of it. I don't know that I have ever seen uh, polarization like what we're seeing now. I've been involved with the Alabama State Republican Party for probably 15 years, uh, elected two terms myself to the state Senate, still a member of the state executive committee. All that to say, I don't ever recall this level of polarization in D.C., and it's example, the example of it is the very idea that a Democrat congressman is suing you. Uh, it, when has that ever happened that one member of the body chose to file suit against another member of the body and make a public showing of it? I don't know. The uh, House Attorney's Office is unfamiliar with it. In my judgment, um, and the judgment of a lot of others, Eric Swallow is doing this just for PR. Uh, to some degree, he's trying to divert public attention from his scandalous uh, affair with Fang Fang, a communist Chinese party spy, while Eric Swalwell was serving. That's probably one of the factors. Another factor is, you know, he ran for president, got beat like a drum in 2020, but maybe he's trying to increase his nationwide profile by suing Donald Trump, and then he threw Mo Brooks in for good measure. Uh, whatever the motivation, it's a merit meritless lawsuit. And I hate that he's done it, but he has, so I have to reply to it. Well, you, you have to reply to it, and, and you and I both uh, practice law. I've been practicing for 20 years. You've got a longer career than I have. But the fact is you do have to reply. Uh, but at the same time, and the, you know, the political side, I think he's doing nothing but helping your campaign. Um, that, that being said, let me shift gears to matters that are more um, specific to you wanting to be in the U.S. Senate. 
So you are a fiscal conservative. Uh, you do have a degree uh, in economics with honors. In fact, one of my favorite moments of any politician being interviewed by a liberal pundit was when you were tasked on the on the on an interview on TV. I think it was MSNBC, if I'm not mistaken. And the lady had the audacity to say, "Well, Congressman, what do you really know? Do you what do you have a degree in economics or something?" And you said, "Actually, I do with uh, honors from Duke." And she didn't know what to say at that point. Um, <laughs> Every now and then, you get lucky. She had a 99% yeah. <laughs> right, uh, uh, chance of being right that the person she was interviewing did not have a degree in economics, because there were only about four or five of us in the House of Representatives that had an economics degree. She happened to guess the wrong one. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. In fact, you and I both know as an attorney, you try never to ask the person a question on the stand unless you already know the answer before you ask it. Um, but, but that being said, uh, Congressman, you are a fiscal conservative. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you also signed Grover Norquist's uh, pledge on no new taxes, and yet spending is virtually out of control right now in D.C. And yet the state you're going to represent, though, uh, has a huge military community. And, you know, we, we, can, we can have an entire segment if we wanted to on the military-industrial complex, but nonetheless, the, the military lives off the government dollar, and you've got bases and posts all over the state that are wondering what's going to happen next with the fact that uh, we're seeing um, level funding for the wrong reasons, I would say, level funding from the Biden administration uh, proposed uh, for defense. How, how do you respond to the questions about the defense community with what you're going to do in terms of voting on budgets? Well, they're certainly and totally unrelated. National defense is the number one priority of the federal government. It's in the United States Constitution. The president is made commander-in-chief for a reason. And national defense, uh, defense, believe it or not, is only a small percentage of federal government spending. Now, depending on what you label as national defense, uh, its spending is anywhere from 12%, 13% on the low side to maybe as much as 18 to 20% on the high side. Again, depending on what you call national security or national defense. And so that's only a paltry sum compared to the overall spending by the federal government. So the real risk to national security and defense spending is that the United States government goes insolvent, in which case there might be no money for national defense. And that would be a huge calamity, not only for Alabama and our military bases and jobs, but also for national security of the United States of America. Oh, that's, a, that's an excellent point, and it's, and it's, it's something that does not get a lot of dialogue uh, in the news. Um, that being said, in consideration of national defense, uh, right now we're seeing uh, posturing from China and inroads being made from Iran once again, and uh, a threat to the national security of Israel. I mean, the world almost appears to have gone into a period of upheaval that we didn't see six months ago. Um, what, in your opinion, on a matter of foreign policy and national defense, what do you see as the hot-button issues going forward? And if you're a U.S. senator, how do you address them? Well, the hot-button issue is Joe Biden. The <laughs> world perceives him to be weak. They perceive him to be feeble. They perceive him to be not in total control of his faculties, certainly not as sharp as he was, say, five or ten years ago. And those aggressor nations are going to be what aggressor nations are, aggressive. And they're going to challenge Joe Biden every step of the way to try to determine what his weaknesses and soft spots are and what he's willing to stand and fight for and not. So this is not unusual for a new president, except to the extent or the degree to which the aggressor nations are trying to probe Joe Biden to see if he's really willing to stand up things that America stood up for in the past. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's a great point. And, I, you know, you see the videos right now, and it's shameful that just not long ago you could see the mainstream media or the lamestream media literally questioning President Trump's faculties when there was no reason to, and yet they will ignore completely the fact that, that Joe Biden cannot answer the person at the ice cream counter uh, about a simple question without pulling notes out of his pocket and stumbling through them. Uh, it is concerning. Or the very uh, questionable financial dealings between the Biden family syndicate and the Communist Chinese Party. You know, for two years, we had a fake Russian collusion claim against Donald Trump and the Trump administration, and it took two years for it to be revealed that there was zero evidence to support it, yet there is overwhelming evidence of improper financial dealings between the Biden family syndicate, in particular his son, Hunter Biden, and Communist China. And it makes you wonder what kind of goods the Communist Chinese Party may have on Joe Biden that in turn prompt this administration to be weaker in relations with China than America has been over the last 60, 70 years. Yeah, I'm not going to be a bit surprised to find out that Xi has got some uh, pictures in a desk drawer that he's just waiting to bring out at the right time. Um, Congressman, we're up against what I call a soft break. We've got to go ahead and take a break. Can you hang on through the break? I'd like to come back and finish out the hour with you if that's okay. Sure. Uh, That's Congressman Mo Brooks, who's running for U.S. Senate. Uh, He's a member of our U.S. delegation currently and wants to continue serving in that capacity statewide as our uh, U.S. Senator when Richard Shelby retires. Hey, listen, this is Right Side Radio. We are on WVNN 92.5 FM 770 AM. We're also streaming live online. You can go to rightsideradio.org anywhere you are and click listen live and, and hear the show no matter where. We had a guy call in from Indiana earlier. So all I'm saying is this show is available to you. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Twitter all the time, at Sin, that's S-E-N, at Sin Phil Williams. So listen, hit us up, be on the show, listen live, be a right side ruffian. We're going to keep showing you why it's okay to say no to cancel culture and the fact that we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. We'll be right back. Seven seventy AM, ninety-two point five FM, WVNN, the News Talk Giant from North Alabama. Hey, listen, this is Phil Williams. This is Right Side Radio. I'm proud to be your host. It is an honor to have this platform. Let me tell you, I, I still can't believe they gave me a microphone, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. We're on day three. We're wrapping up day three. Copper, can you believe this? I mean, it's 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 it's. I feel like it's going well, but uh, I've loved the audience response. I've, I've appreciated the fact that uh, we've been getting uh, all kinds of support on social media and people calling into the show, and then uh, we've had some great guests. I want to tell you guys before I forget, though, uh, tomorrow is going to be interesting for me. So I served in Afghanistan uh, at the very beginning of the war, and a young man was my interpreter. His name is Hamid, and Hamid is going to be on the show with me tomorrow if all goes well. And uh, uh, he and I communicate regularly. And uh, his story is one of the most inspiring things, and it'll make you proud to be an American. And I'm going to tell his story tomorrow and then get him on to talk with me for a minute. Before I go any further, though, i got to tell you guys about Otter Creek. So Otter Creek is this uh, huge, best-kept secret in North Alabama, and it is so worth your attention. OtterCreekFarmstead.com is where you can find out more. And they've got a summer dinner series. Charlene and I went to that not long ago on Thursday evenings in the summertime. Five-course meal culinary chef prepared, wine pairings with each course. 
Does it sound fancy? Uh, yeah. But you're also sitting there in your jeans, you know, at a, a comfortable table looking out over manicured acres. And it's, it's a wing shooting destination, a wedding venue, and definitely a culinary delight. So check out ottercreekfarmstead.com. All right, we're going to go back to our friend, Congressman Mo Brooks. And, uh, and, and Congressman, thank you for holding on during the break. We've, we've got a, sure. a few minutes here. Um, and, and, and I wanted to ask you, so this listening audience obviously is North Alabama. The central hub for uh, this station is, of course, the Huntsville area where, where you live and currently serve. And there's a huge debate even today in the news. We've got two generals advocating not to allow Space Command uh, to come to Huntsville. Um, give me your thoughts on that. Is it going to happen? What, what's going on in your opinion? Space Command should be at Redstone Arsenal if merit is what governs. However, the Socialist Democrats uh, proved during the Obama-Biden administration that merit often does not matter, that whether you're a red state, a purple state, or a blue state determines where federal money and project goes. So there will be, in my judgment, a very strong effort by Socialist Democrats to move Space Command out of the Redstone Arsenal, not because of national security reasons, but because of partisanship. And we will find out whether, in fact, they're going to be successful at doing that. But it's going to be a battle on the House floor and the Senate floor. And unfortunately for Redstone Arsenal, uh, the country elected Democrats to the House, to the Senate, and the White House, and they control all three. I, I, I agree, unfortunate. Um, uh, and, and I assume, though, that you're going to be in the thick of the fight because that is your district, and that is something that means a lot to the community that you serve right now. Well, I will be in the thick of the fight, but in the House, it's strictly a numbers game. Uh, the majority wins, and we'll have to see how things look in the House Armed Services Committee and also on the House floor. Um, and, you know, there might be some split up amongst the Democrats because some think Florida should get it. Some think Colorado should get it. Some think New Mexico should get it. But the bottom line is the secretary of the Air Force decided that Huntsville, Redstone Arsenal, the Tennessee Valley, we won based solely on the merits. And even the Joe Biden administration has had uh, higher ranking people, um, officers in the Pentagon, uh, including the secretary of defense, who have all said the same thing. So if the Socialist Democrats try to move it to, say, Colorado, which is now a blue state, it'll be quite apparent on its face that they're putting national security second and partisanship first. I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the way they've conducted themselves in past years, and we'll see how it plays out. No, that, and that's a, that's a great, that's a great uh, point and, uh, and a great dialogue. Hey, listen, let me ask you this. Um, so you're up in D.C., the swamp, we often refer to it as. And, and we talked earlier about how polarized it is. And you're, of course, you know, dealing with the, the Swalwell litigation and all the, the, the hoopla surrounding that. Do, do you feel like you as a U.S. senator will be able to, at times when necessary, reach across the aisle and work uh, with folks from the other side in order to get something done? Well, sure, if the Democrats will start electing more reasonable people. But right now we have radical dictatorial socialists who have grabbed control of the National Democratic Party. Certainly the socialists control the House and the Senate and the White House. And the Democrats, um, who would otherwise be moderate, are scared to death that they will lose their primaries if they don't vote radical socialist policies into effect. So you've seen that across the board. Gosh, look at the United States Senate. You've got 48 Democrats who do the most radical things, and the only hope for our country right now rests on the shoulders of 
uh, Joe Manchin out of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema out of Arizona. And you have to wonder how long they're going to be able to stand strong for basic fundamental principles, given that if they continue this posture, they're apt to lose their next Democrat primary. Well, Congressman, we only got a minute left, so in about 10 seconds here, tell us, uh, tell the audience where they can find out more about your campaign. How can they get in touch with you if they want to? Go to mobrooks.com, M-O-B-R-O-O-K-S.com. If you want a real conservative in the United States Senate, not a pretender, but a real one, then I ask for your vote. Hey, uh, Congressman, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to the state. And uh, thanks for coming to the show. We'll have you back again. Listen, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're going to be here tomorrow. we got a great show late on. If you're concerned about what you're seeing about us, just yanking our troops out of Afghanistan without so much as a how do you do and not taking care of the interpreters that we've left behind, I've got one coming on tomorrow. He was my interpreter in Afghanistan. He's still my friend, Hamid. Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Hey!